and welcome to this week's episode of Married with a Business. I'm Craig. And I'm Allison. And we're married with a business. Yes, we are. So Craig, how was your week? You know, it's been interesting because work has gotten busier over the last two weeks. So I'm finding it a little harder now to have a work-life balance. I got, we got some stuff done around the house this weekend, which was nice. We got our garden planted, um, that we work on. And even though it was, it was kind of hard to find some of the starters that, at the, uh, garden center that we wanted this year, everybody must be, we got tomatoes. Everybody must be planting gardens this year, yeah. COVID gardens. Um, we did some work on our kids tree house, which was good for them. I think they were excited about that, but I, I've found it harder this week now that things have gotten busier with the business again of finding myself kind of at a loss of being able to balance things. And I want to come down and work at my computer and get things done. And then I start to look at my list of things and I feel like I'm, they're getting piled up on me. So I feel like I've got to try this next week or two to really get back a hold of of not only my work-life balance, but my schedule in general. Right. Yeah. I think it was real easy few weeks ago to just push things off because there was lots of free time and now things are being rescheduled again and things are picking up and the boys sports are starting and life is creeping back into the into our lives back to being normal is what it's doing it's coming back to what it was and i think we've gotten maybe a little complacent when we haven't had all of these things that we've had to do and so now we have all these things that are coming back that we have to do and it's throwing us off a little bit but i think it's been really nice to have a for me, at least, to have a forced slowdown. I've been so used to go, 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 that to have a forced, you need to slow down and take a look at what's happening and see what's important. I mean, it's taken so many weeks before I felt like I've caught up with myself. So um, everybody, a lot of other people were saying that they were bored and I've just had so much to do. I haven't had time to be bored. Right. I'd like to be bored a little bit. Yeah, it'd be nice to be bored just a little bit more. Just a little bit more bored would be okay. But uh, that'll probably never happen for you and I. No, probably not because we'll fill that space. We'll fill that void. So, Allison, this week. So now that life is creeping back in and things are picking up and we've seen things happen between the pandemic and socially, you know, a lot of stuff is unpredictable in life. Um, But we know that at the end of the day, We're all going to end up in the same place. We just don't know when. I wanted to talk this week a little bit about those what ifs and how do you prepare at home for the unexpected. And so, you know, making sure that all of your documents are in order and you've got your life insurance in order and, you know, all of those things. And I wanted to have a conversation about what have we done over the last few years to help prepare for in case something unexpected happens. Same place, meaning six feet under. Yes. We're all going to die at some point. At some point. We need to be prepared for it. And, you know, we'd all love to think that it's forever down the road. But, you know, as we've seen over the last few weeks, it happens sooner than you think it's going to happen. And you've got to prepare now because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Now, you and I did some of this stuff fairly early on in our relationship after we got married. Most people... 
I think, or at least I thought that most people did a lot of this wills and life insurance and all of those things when they started to have children. But surprisingly enough, a lot of people, even after they have children and their lives are in motion, still don't have some of these things. Yeah, I found by talking to some people in my mom's groups and stuff over the last few years that I'm shocked by how many people are going to get to it. And um it's a little scary, you know, you should review all of your stuff whenever you have a major life change, whenever something happens. But there's a lot of people who really mean well, but now our kids are nine, 10, and they still haven't gotten things in order. And, you know, it's scary enough when you have just your family, but when you also have a business and your business partner is your spouse, um, it's really important to have everything lined up because it's going to be a major hit. And every bucket of your life. Yeah. And I, I think I found when we, and obviously, you know, we did this the first time we did this, uh, it was before we had children and we put together a will and we did dealt with some life insurance things. And then we had children and then we kind of had to recycle and go back and, and do a bunch of those things again. I think sometimes for couples, be it business partner couples or just just any couple, I think some of the hardest things is having that conversation about, you know, what your intentions are, what your wants are, what our goals need to be in order to prepare for all of this. So I think sometimes people need to realize that, you know, you have to have that uncomfortable conversation with your spouse that you may not want to talk about that one day. Uh, you may be here and I may not, or I may be here and you may, may not, and we need to prepare for that. Well, and like we know from your mom and dad's experience, you know, your parents didn't have those conversations. And then when your dad got sick, your mom didn't want to have those conversations because she didn't want to focus on that stuff. Right. So it's easier to have it before somebody isn't sick or someone or something has happened that it's an emergency and you got to deal with it because if you're in a place where it's a what if and what I want it's not as emotionally upsetting you know it's it's really hard and I think we we see it um, you know our parents generation baby boomers you know I think in a lot of ways we're a little late to the game with with being prepared and I kind of hope that our generation is a little bit more you know, on the front end of that, um, I think another thing to remember when getting prepared and this, and this kind of goes for anything, this goes for if you're doing investments, if you're planning a will, if you're getting life insurance, if you're talking about any of these things we're going to talk about tonight, do your research, you know, just because you go to an estate planning attorney or you go to a financial advisor, and we'll talk about this a lot throughout our show, don't you know, don't just let them make the decision for you. You need to go, you need to do the research on your own. You need to, to get different voices to tell you some of the same things so that you have a complete understanding of what you're doing and what you're getting involved with and what you're signing. It's, I I think it's just one thing that a lot of people skip on is they don't do that research. Yeah, like Warren Buffett says, you know, you never invest in something you don't understand. You need to figure out the basics and you need to have a basic understanding of what you're getting yourself into before you do it. And sometimes it's spending time asking questions and saying, I don't know what to ask and, you know, compiling that list of things. Now that, you know, you've sat down with your your significant other, you've had those conversations, you've talked about, you know, what your 
your goals and your wants are after you may be gone or with your children or whatever it might be. What's the next step, Allison? What do people need to start thinking about? What parts do they need to look into? So when we started, we kind of looked in we put them into big baskets. We looked at our wills. We looked at life insurance. We looked at a healthcare proxy. You know, you know, if I get sick, I need you to be able to make the decision for me. So we pre- we had prepped healthcare proxies, and a healthcare proxy is just a document that names someone you trust as your proxy or agent. If for some reason you can't make the decision for yourself, and you don't have to be terminally ill to have one of those. Um, you have one for me, I have one for you, my parents, we have ones for my parents. And a lot of times when you go into a hospital, if you're having a major surgery or if something's going on with you health-wise, a hospital will already have those for you, but they're they're readily available on the internet, easy to find, you know, to get a healthcare proxy put together. Yeah, we had our lawyer do it as part of our package when we did our wills. And we did our wills, you know, it's easier, it's better to have your wishes stated bef- instead of having the government come in and tell, say what you want, you know, especially if you have kids, you know, we've outlined what's going to happen to our kids, what's going to happen to our money to help take care of our kids. Um, we just have a basic reciprocating will where if something happens to me, you get all my stuff. If something happens to you, you get all my stuff. Um, getting something down on paper is important. You can always make it better or change it later, but do something and have something in place just in case. And you need to, you know, you need to remember, obviously laws change from state to state and place to place, but it is very common that if you don't have a will and something would happen to one or the other of us, that the, the you know, it is common that the other person would get those, the you know, the, the other spouse, but... There could be probate. It could get hung up for months or years while the courts decide, you know, who should who should get that. And on top of that, you know, not to get deep into family things, but you don't want to leave it. So after you're gone, that if there are, you know, rifts between family members, that all of a sudden this family member says, well, she meant to leave it to me. And this family member says, no, 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 she meant to leave it to me. So, you you know, those are all things you want to try to clear up before you get involved. Right. It's like we talked before, to be unclear is to be unkind. You know, Dave Ramsey says that all the time. If you can just have what your intentions are written down, it makes it easier for everybody all around. To be unclear is to be unkind when you're living and when you're dead. Right. (laughs) You know, Um, and then life insurance, Allison. There's multiple different kinds of life insurance. You need to take a look at what's best, the best fit for you. If you go to the Dave Ramsey website, there's a whole he's got a whole great blog on it um, of the types of life insurance. And then you can do a little assessment of what you're looking for. Um, And there's lots of different companies. But again, you've got to kind of do some research going into it and make a list of questions. You know, the two biggest and most popular ones are whole life and term life. Um, I had a whole life policy when I was a kid growing up. And then when we did the research, we decided to go with term life insurance because it's often a lot less expensive. And I don't need my investments being done through um, through a life insurance policy for me. The way we have our, our stuff set up is, you know, we're, car- we're carrying, you know, 10 to 12 times our annual income and then we're investing the rest. Yeah, whole life policies, in our experience, are generally sold to people more as, oh, you want to invest that money and you'll get it back. You know, where 
um, a term of policy is just to protect you. It is a true insurance policy. Um, if you're going to invest money, there are much better ways, gross stock mutual funds, to invest money along the way. But again, these are questions that you and your partner need to have. You know, what's the best fit for us? What may be a good fit for me and Craig is not a good fit for you and your spouse. Um, so that's what you kind of, it goes back to knowing what your values are, what your budget is, um, and what your long-term plan is. Let's talk a little bit about though, life insurance as it relates to the business. Um, the idea of like having a key man insurance, both you and I are integral to the operation of our business. So what are tactics you can take in that case with, with, the business side of it. So a lot of companies do take out key man insurance on on a person that they have if to cover the cost of replacing them. So if for some reason our production manager passed away, what would it cost for us in the business to fill that position and get it up to speed? Having a key man insurance then takes the stress off of finding ways to fund that while you're trying to get somebody new up to speed. As an owner, it's also important to remember that generally, other than, you know, hopefully in profit, you're paying yourself what you're worth. But generally in salary, you don't necessarily always cover what you're worth in business or what it would cost. I should say what it would cost to replace you that I would cost more to replace than probably what I get paid right now. And so it's definitely something that you need to look into and think about with your business when it comes to an insurance policy taken out on yourself on behalf of the business to replace you as a person in the uh, in the business. Yeah, and we'll talk about this more in another episode, but business on the business side, I started really early on my if I got hit by a bus book, and it was really my my operations manual, but if for some reason something happened to me and I wasn't there, here's the manual with everything I do and how I do it. So, um one of the things you've got to think about is if you're if something happens and you're not there, how can the business pick up and move on? Because just like you have operating procedures for your admin, hopefully, you know, you start to create operating procedures for everything that you do and not let the business reside in your head. And keep in mind that, you know, your goal, if you're trying to grow your business and, and depending on the type of business that you have, your goal should be not to run a practice, but to run a business. And part of that is replacing you in those different parts as your business grows. But let's go back to the to home life. What about um, passwords and documents and all those things that you know that of yours? Like, I, I, I don't know how I'd log into your whatever it is, Facebook account, your Amazon account, whatever it might be. For me, it's some of the bank accounts. I wouldn't know how to log into them. So what's a good way, you know, for that information to be secure and safe and and dealt with. So it's funny. I, many, many years ago, there was a show called The Gilmore Girls, and one of the characters was talking about the coupon draw, drawer. Um, when his mother died, his dad didn't know where the coupon drawer was, and that's where all the extra money was hidden and those kind of things. So this is kind of our coupon drawer um, discussion. So one of the things we I found uh, many years ago in through networking is a book called The What If Workbook. Um, a lovely woman in our area developed this book and it's literally a comprehensive workbook for you to fill out with all of your important information. God forbid something happens. Somebody can come in and take this workbook and know how to 
find everything and stop things. And, you know, you literally go through and it is a great guide to help facilitate this conversation. It goes through... um, you know, where's your life insurance information? Where's your house insurance information? Where's your mortgage information? You know, what what are the bills that you have coming in? You know, what's your personal wish list? Um, kind of, it's a great way to facilitate the conversation. And like we talked about in another episode, you know, having date nights to talk, learn more about each other. This is a good way to have a date night. Yeah, so the What If Workbook, it, it's great. It kind of fills in, Allison, all of those places where um, where the will doesn't fill in. So the What If Workbook, what if, and by the way, it's whatifworkbook.com, whatifworkbook.com. The, you can purchase it on there. You can get it digitally and a hard copy of it if you'd like. Um, what it does is it kind of, it, it fills in all of those things that may not be in the will, all of those, you know, what your wishes are, you know, what, what your passwords are, what little things like that. And you should definitely, if you fill it out, you should, if you're going to do it digitally, you should password protect the document on your, on your computer or if you're going to do it, uh, um, you know, a hard copy or it, it, we, and I think Alice and I have the same belief, which is we recommend that even if you fill it out digitally, print a hard copy, put it in your safe, put it somewhere where your family members would know to find it and let them know. But it's a good way to, to fill in all of those gaps along the way of things that may not be in your, your will. Yeah. So we had, um, a f- family friend whose father passed away and when he, he was single and when he died, they didn't know how to cancel his magazines. They didn't know what his final wishes were. They didn't know that he had a headstone um, already picked out. So this is a great way to get all that information down without having to have those conversations, but it's there. And so what we've done is we've filled out all these in- information and made packets and my parents have a copy of the packet in their safe and your mom has a copy of the packet in her safe just in case something happens. And then whenever we update our stuff, we just switch out the packets. These are some definitely some tactics from a personal level to, to be able to prepare you and your family for if something does happen to you down the road um, and, and how to, you know, be prepared and to leave all of your information in a in a sort of concise, organized way. But let's talk a little bit about the work side of things in our business, Allison. You know, we just talked briefly, but we just talked about, you know, your, if I get hit by a bus manual, that was something that, you know, when you, you, when we took the business, when you took the business over from your father, there was nothing. You came in, there was no standard operating procedures. There was no information about how to even answer the phone. And so you started kind of day one creating that. Yeah. So the business was in his head. We've been around for a long time, but everything we did and the way we did it was all up up in his head. So I literally followed him around with a notebook and wrote every time we did something, I said, well, how'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And I wrote it down and then we typed it out and then we started creating systems. And then once, like I said earlier, once you've got something, then you can approve upon it. So you know, we've started with just the basics and now we've got us manuals for every department in our company. And I will say that like you need, that's where you need to start. You need to start, you know, for your company when you're creating that, that SOP manual, that if I get hit by a bus book, whatever you want to call it, you need to start with the basics. And when I say the basics, I mean the bottom of the barrel, somebody, the phone rings, they pick it up. What are the words that you say? You know, what's the procedure of paying XYZ bill? I know it sounds silly, but 
the more companies and more people I talk to who started on their own and then hired one person and then hired two people, because it was all in their head, they never got it down on paper because, well, it was just me and so-and-so, and and then it was just me and -and -and so-and-so-and-so-and-so. But I found that if you just take the time to write it down, it makes it easier to add the next person. Right. You know, we weren't in the office today and our admin said, the server's not working. And I said, did you check the manual? You know, we had the directions already written down for how to check the manual. If we're not, if we're not there, something can get fixed. Exactly. And so, you know, that's, that's sort of the first stage is making sure that it, and start with small bites and work your way up to big ones, but to make sure that all of those things get written down, get put in some sort of form where another person can come along and, and handle that and fix that and reset the server like we dealt with today. The other part of that is cross-training, teaching one employee to do some things that the other employee does. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily taking over their job, but there are times when somebody's not there. It's helpful for more than one person to know how to do things. It's helpful for more than one person to know how to reset the server or check the mail or, you know, the basics of things. So one, you can help train more people. And two, if something happens, somebody else can step in and start to pick up some of those pieces. And I think the idea is it also helps your employees in that sense gain a little bit of self-worth within the company and understand that their value is important. One is, especially if you have the person who's doing the task, train the person who is their backup for it. So if you have an administrative assistant that, you know, answers the phones every day and she's training the bookkeeper to, to answer the phones, that that helps the administrative assistant feel like, okay, well, m- what I do is important and somebody needs to back me up on that and this person's doing that. And that kind of ripples through the whole company. So I think it's really important that, especially for like key important tasks that you that you do a lot of cross-training on. You know, a lot of what we're talking today is about what if. What if something happens? Can you fill in that gap? Are you prepared? So kind of thinking, taking some time to think about if I'm not in the office or if I'm out long term, what are the things that are going to need to happen and how do we prepare for those things? Because luckily, hopefully nothing will ever happen and you'll just have this document that collects dust. But the reality of life is, is that we need to be prepared in case something does happen. We need to be prepared financial with a financial plan. We need to be prepared with a plan for our kids. We need to be prepared with a plan for our office. A wise man once said, if you're prepared for Murphy to come knocking at the door, he won't knock at the door. Right. So that's, you know, that's the old, that's the way to look at it. If you're prepared for Murphy to come knocking at the door, uh, chances are he won't come knocking at the door. So the final thing is, you know, when thinking about it from the work side is make sure that your team knows that you have a plan. Make them feel comfortable in the fact that if something were to happen to me, this is what you do. This is what will happen. And that's, I think that's really important for you from a business side, you know, to make sure that your employees know that, hey, listen, if, if I were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, it's not like this company ends. It can still go on because of these things. Well, and we had a employee ask us that about a year ago. He said, okay, I, I see where we have redundancies filled in for all of these spots, except for Allison. If something happens, what is the plan? Do you guys even have a plan? And we have a plan, but we never really communicated it. They, you know, my team didn't know that I have 
these other people outside of the company that back me up on some of the things that I do. And so hopefully my explanation was helpful, but, um, you know, and as we continue to grow and get bigger, they'll see more, hopefully they'll see more of that. But it was a good question for him to ask because then that also gave us the realization that, hey, we need to reiterate to the team that we do have a plan. You know, if something happens, these are the steps that are going to be taken next. Yeah. So as we sort of wind down this week, you know, you need to think about some things that, you know, jumping off points for getting everything in order for, you know, when the inevitable comes, if you will, when you're, when you decide to go six feet under, whatever it might be, shuffle off this mortal coil to quote Shakespeare. Um, so I think the first step is, is to get something like the what if workbook, what if workbook.com. There are others out there. That's one that we use and have that fill it out and start getting those things out of your head and onto paper. I think that's sort of like the first step of, of, of doing this. Yeah, and it's a step-by-step guide. You don't have to think about what do I need to know. Somebody's already done the work for you. You just got to fill it in. And then, you know, and that's just a big brain dump is all that is. That is just getting all that information that's in your head and then you're putting it on, onto that paper. And you also need to do the same thing for what your your wishes are for your will, where you hope that you're, where you want, not hope, but where you want your assets to go. Think about your children, you know, where who who might, if you have children, who might, want, you know, take your children. Um, so to kind of go over that, and even if it's just getting a, plain old reciprocating will in, you know, down on paper, take that first step and do it. Um, have that conversation with your significant other and say, Hey, listen, you know, I know I'm healthy and you're healthy and things are great in our life, but we need to deal with this. I want you to be protected if something happens to me. I love you that much. That's exactly right. So it's, it's a sign of respect to want that person to be taken care of and want the other person to know that they're being taken care of. And finally, exactly that. Think about your family. Think about your children, if you have them, um, and look at your options for life insurance. Protect yourself, protect your family um, with looking into life insurance options so that if something were to happen to you, that you're not leaving your significant other high and dry, you know, with whatever was left in the bank account. Right. So hopefully those are some action items that you guys can think about and move forward with. Again, we are not lawyers. We are not investment professionals. These are just some of the things that we have been dealing with and the way that we've approached trying to make a plan to protect each other in case something happens. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening this week. Look us up on social media and Twitter, Instagram, all those places at Biz Married. You can search for us on Facebook, Married with a Business, and uh, connect, connect with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know if there's a topic you want us to talk about. We hope that you not only continue to work on your business, but you continue to work on your marriage. And remember, that's what we do because we're married with a business. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. 